0: 18 months ago, I made a video on the eve of Francis Ngannou's last fight in the UFC. It was about how his contract situation with the promotion had deteriorated, about how he was taking a massive gamble in fighting out his contract, how he had to win this fight against Cyril Gane, how his future was unclear, but what he was doing could have massive implications for the rest of the sport. At the time, the outcomes were unknown. Well, a lot has happened since then, so let's just dive right into how Francis Ngannou beat the UFC. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America a member FDSE. FC. Oh, by the way, I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and our awesome Channel Hall of Famers helped make this video possible. Now, before we get directly into what has happened in the 18 months since our discussion of Mr. Nganu, let's recap the entire story of him and the UFC up to that point, so that you have a better understanding of how this all came about. If this briefer explanation is not enough for you, or sparks your interest, go back and watch the original video. It goes far more in depth. So the final contract between Francis and the UFC was actually signed all the way back in 2018, right before Ngannou fought Stipe for the heavyweight title the first time and came up short. It was for eight fights or 40 months, a pretty standard setup if you're fighting for the promotion. And while contracts in the past had provisions that would allow for near endless extensions for a variety of reasons, due to the ongoing class action lawsuit against the promotion, motion, it's believed that the UFC started implementing sunset clauses around the time of Nganu's re-signing, meaning that if the term of the deal extended up to five years, the fighter was free to go if they so choose. Following the loss to Stipe, Nganu would win four of his next five to earn a second chance at the firefighter's gold belt. Now only two fights away from finishing his contract, the UFC did what they often do with title challengers nearing the end of their term, they tried to renegotiate. Unusually, though, a deal was not able to come together, as the Predator was not happy with terms and Nganu would win the UFC heavyweight title with just a single fight left on his contract. This is when things really started to get interesting. For various reasons that aren't particularly important to the narrative, Nganu was unable to fight until fall of 2018 after winning the strap, prompting the UFC to make an interim title despite Francis agreeing to do a September date and having only won the championship seven months prior. This only helped to heighten tensions between the two parties who were still unable to agree to terms. The UFC began letting it be known publicly Publicly, that they were not happy with Nganu, and things just continued to escalate as negotiations fell through again, and Francis made it clear that he would not be re-signing after the last fight of his contract and unification bout with now interim champion Cyril Gan, unless the UFC allowed him unprecedented contractual provisions, including the freedom to participate in boxing, as by that point WBA champ Tyson Fury was actively campaigning for a fight with Predator. Is this your next fight? I'm the boxing heavyweight champion. UFC heavyweight champion. He's in great shape. Look at the muscles on him. we're going to find out who is the baddest motherfucker on the planet. In Ghanu's decision to fight out his contract as champion was really a first in the sport. BJ Penn left the UFC as champion, but only because he wanted to go compete for K1 in a time when the UFC wasn't exactly the top dog in the sport. For Francis, he of course wanted provisions for himself, but this was more so about fighters and their contracts on a whole, hoping that he could set a new standard in that regard for the sport. The problem is like the company is so big And they are getting bigger and fighters are getting smaller that everybody is scared. It was a huge gamble and one you would think was bound to fail. If he was to lose to Ghan, the chances of him getting re-signed with the UFC were slim and without the title, he would be leaving the promotion just another heavyweight with no prospect of a big money boxing match or a big contract to fight anywhere else for that matter. Now, this is the point where the original video left off, Fight Week 270. When we posted it, nobody had a clue that Nganu was coming into the final bout Of his contract with a torn MCL and ACL that would require major knee surgery. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. Talk about a pressure cooker, everything was on the line, and he was going into a fight with a killer like Gone with a bum wheel. Despite this, Francis would of course have one of the most impressive performances of his career, earning a UD victory. This was really the worst case scenario for the UFC. Their heavyweight champion of the world had completed the required number of fights on his contract, and in a year's time, the Sunset Clause would come into effect. It was time for the promotion to get serious. Shortly after his victory, Nganu was taken out to dinner with Dana White and Hunter Campbell a negotiation that had apparently gone very well, with a very lucrative offer coming from the UFC. However, Francis's coach Eric Nixik said that following the dinner, Nganu told him that if he agreed to those terms and went back on the boxing provision and fighter advocate demands, that he would just be a sellout. And so negotiations stalled yet again. Many more such dinners would take place over the course of the next year. From the sounds of how frequent it was, I'm not sure there were many meals Nganu even had to pay for during that time period they were feeding him so often in hopes to get him back with the promotion. Now, the knee surgery would keep Ganu sidelined regardless of what would happen for at least nine months. But the UFC was still hopeful that they could set up a super fight with Jon Jones in either late 2022 or early 2023. Jones had expressed interest a few years prior in moving up to heavyweight and fighting Ngannou. What are the chances, if all goes well in February, 8, that your next fight is at heavyweight? There's a really good chance. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something that Francis was very much interested in as well. Um, I would Did like that fight to happen. Is that the uh, number one fight? John John. It's John 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 John. John, John. Definitely. But when negotiations broke down between John and the UFC, the light heavyweight champion vacated his title and spent the next few years bulking up. When it looked like the fight was again a possibility, the roles had reversed, with Jones now anxious to get back into the cage, and Nganu of course still unable to come to terms with the UFC, who leveraged the fan excitement over the super fight to put pressure on Francis to resign. White would even confirm that they offered Nganu the most money of any heavyweight in UFC history, but for Francis, as he stated many times, times publicly, it was not specifically about the money, but more so the terms outside of the cash. According to Nganu, he requested the allowance of individual sponsorships again for the entire roster, to have an advocate for the athletes involved in the promotion's decision-making, and for the UFC to create a health insurance program for the fighters. As you can imagine, this was not going to be anything the UFC was willing to do. And with that on top of not being able to compete outside of the promotion, the two parties couldn't come to terms in time, resulting in Nganu's contract, in late 2022, he would be stripped of the heavyweight title officially that coming January. Now, normally there would be a period of time up to a year after the contract's expiration that the UFC would be able to match any deal that was given to Nganu. But as Francis explained, the promotion had already offered more money than anyone would be able to or willing to pay him. They just talk about the money that they could they give me that could have made me the biggest heavy, uh, paid heavyweight in the history, which is how much they can tell. Biggest than who. Nobody knows, I don't want that contract. The way that is structured, I don't want it. Doesn't matter what is in that contract or how much is in that contract, I'm not taking that contract. And so knowing it was strictly about the terms of the deal outside of the cash, they waived their matching rights, making Nganu a true free agent. For the better part of early 2023, there was plenty of speculation that Nganu was either ducking now heavyweight champion Jones. Francis wants to take zero rest doesn't want to take any chances um, and he d- obviously didn't want to take a chance against John Jones. A pretty ludicrous claim when you look at everything we're laying out in this video or that Francis had fumbled the bag as the kids say because it looked as if a major boxing match wasn't going to materialize and that the former heavyweight champion wouldn't be able to come to terms with any MMA promotions for anything near as substantial as the UFC had offered. My team has been talking to Francis' team for the last few months uh, all sorts of things were on the table uh, including you know a, a minimum guarantee of 20 million bucks i never spoke to him my team never spoke to him some promoter out there hey bro two faces Bellator had been in talks with Francis to potentially compete for both their MMA brand and parent company Viacom's Showtime Boxing, but this too fell through. Around the time it was announced that Ngannou had been stripped, an image of his mother wearing a PFL shirt circulated on social media, prompting plenty of speculation that the fighter was headed there. But the truth of the situation was that the actual negotiations with the promotion started after the picture was taken, so that was just a fun coincidence. But the PFL was hellbent on signing the lineal champ, and did so only four months later, with a deal unlike we have ever seen in mixed martial arts. The terms would be for two to three fights with seven-figure purses, a revenue split on the event's net profits, a minimum salary of at least a million dollars for his opponents, and the ability to promote his own sponsorships on his gear. But that was just related to the fights themselves. He was also given a salary to serve as a brand ambassador for the promotion, he will have equity in the soon-to-be-launched PFL Africa, and will serve as an executive for the promotion, he will be a member of the PFL's advisory board as a fighter advocate, and of course, most importantly, he will be allowed to compete in boxing entirely outside of his PFL contract. Oh, and no extensions. To say that no fighter has ever gotten a deal anywhere near this in terms of the stipulations of the contract outside of money is an understatement. The UFC does not compromise on these types of things. They can work with the fighter on money, but you're not getting anything but the standard when it comes to anything else. Now, this announcement a Alone would have already put in Ganu in the winning column, right? The guy took a huge chance on himself, the guy took a huge chance on himself, and even the potential upside through the PFL alone to make infinitely more than he would have taking the final offer the UFC put on the table. But of course, that is not the end of the story. Earlier this week, it was announced that the long-rumored Tyson Fury boxing match has been made official for October of this year in Saudi Arabia. And while all the details as of us posting this aren't 100% known, what has been confirmed is that it will be a... A legitimate boxing match, no weird exhibition rules. Also, it's safe to say that both men are going to be making a lot of money regardless of how well this event sells, which I think it probably will. Even with Jake Paul demolishing MMA legends left and right, and Conor losing to Mayweather, it won't necessarily be as if anybody sees Nganu winning, but a huge factor in the unique appeal of this particular fight is Big Men Go Boom, so I think fans might enjoy seeing said booming. That and both are the lineal heavyweight champions of their respective combat sports, essentially fighting in their primes, which is pretty damn wild when you think about it. I think it's going to do great, but honestly, it doesn't much matter either way when it comes to considering this even happening as a success for Nganu. So it looks as if Francis's big gamble paid off, certainly for him. The larger implications of what he has done is yet to be seen or felt. One thing that did not happen is the UFC giving in to his demands outside of money in any way. He even said in an interview, I didn't expect them to give me everything, but I was hoping for at least one or two compromises, and there were none. The promotion is likely to keep this stance regardless of who decides to try to make any such moves. They are just far too powerful in the sport for any one fighter to really matter to their bottom line, even Connor. What? So while it's possible that future fighters will follow in his footsteps, if they have such unique leverage as Ngannou was able to garner on his way out, that's only ever going to be a handful of fighters. And with the UFC being the juggernaut that they are, I wouldn't hold my breath on these types of moves changing anything about how they do business. I don't know, what do you guys think though? I wanna hear what you have to say about it in the comments. And if this is the type of video you wanna see more of, becoming a channel member will get you some pretty cool exclusive content discussing major happenings like this, and you'll even have a say in what we're putting out there, like these awesome channel champions that I cannot thank enough for their support. If that's too much commitment to me, I understand, no biggie, liking and subscribing would also be a huge help. Either way, thanks for watching guys, I will catch you all later.